Here we are again. It's the second episode, although we've had to change the name of this podcast. Before I tell you the name of this podcast, just introduce my co-host, who is, uh, what I've written here, rugby league stalwart Coco Pops lover and Mr. Dewsbury himself, Tom Coates. Yeah, Coco Pops still the favourite. It's been on rotation, but it's back with a vengeance, so... Still a massive bowl. <laughs> still a huge bowl. It's the only way to enjoy them. But you are listening to... We decided to call this podcast Jabronis Only. Jabroni being one of the finest words that's come out of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, Jabroni, actually, I, the first time I heard Jabroni was in the WWE. The Rock said it. So I'm not sure. I th- I, it might be close, a close run thing to see who said it first, actually. Yeah, I think they probably got it from The Rock. Because <laughs> uh, McElhenney's a massive fan of wrestling and it's referenced a few times in the show, isn't it? Me growing up, Jabroni was always something that I knew through wrestling. So here it randomly placed in the middle of Always Sunny or Strange. So it was either taking the mick out of wrestling or an affectionate homage to wrestling. So I'm glad it's the latter. I think in the show there are a lot of things that are affectionate homages which are also taking the mick, are they not? Yeah, I mean, this episode that we're going to talk about, I mean, there's how many affectionate homages do you want? There's so many references, isn't there? But yeah, just to to tell you what happened with the um, with the episode name. When I thought of it, I googled it and looked on the internet and didn't see anybody had used that name. And then when I loaded our first show, I loaded the first show, made it live, and then on my phone I've got Google Podcasts. So I I searched for it on Google Podcasts to see if it had launched okay. And two others that were called "It's Always Funny in Philadelphia." <laughs> <laughs> two others came up which hadn't come up when I did the Google search it's so annoying ah you thought you were so clever and original did you listen to them no they're um, they're both defunct I don't know about the etiquette of jumping on other people's listeners do you know what I mean so we are Jabronis only we're the uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia random episode podcast and after episode one last week the random generator spat out season 12 episode one which is the gang turns black. The gang turns black. And you know what? I think we both just watched it just before the show, so we were quite fresh. And I realised I hadn't watched it since I'd first seen it, and I really, really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I've seen it a few times since since I first I first seen it, but that's probably just because it's on my rotation. I've got my rotation of serials and my rotation of Always Sunny episodes. And it's definitely one that I enjoy. Um, echo what you've just said, I've just watched it and I really enjoyed it found myself laughing out loud obviously the first oh, it's not the first one sorry it's, it's one of a handful I, I believe there's only two episodes that you could class as musical episodes so obviously charlie writes a musical done in a different way well i suppose you've got um frank's little beauties as well which has a, a few musical numbers ah uh, yeah of course yeah and, and charlie has a few songs here and there as well which are always absolute pearlers yeah charlie i was reading charlie's mum was a piano teacher wasn't she ah uh, right yeah i don't know i don't know whether you knew that I didn't know that, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Because he is great. Not only are his songs great and, you know, he commits to it fully, they're just perfect for him and for the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they suit the character, don't they? And it's like another, it's another outlet for the character. Yeah, I mean, this episode in particular, it's more of a, most of the songs are group songs, aren't they? But the episode where they form the band, I can't remember the name of the episode, where and, and Charlie goes solo and he sings the song about the spider. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, they use music as a way to extend Charlie's personality. And when they have the band, is the band called Sexual Magic? When they have the glam rock band? <sighs> sexual, it's Sexual something. I can't remember what the name of the band is, but yeah, th- I think they go through a few names, to be honest. <laughs> There's your modern day disco ha- hard handbag house act, Sexual something. <laughs> yeah. 
It was chemical. To- it was chemical toilet one of them, or have I got that from somewhere else? <laughs> no, I think chemical toilet was the original one. Yeah, it was, it was in my dream something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to look that up. That episode will come around. That will come around. But um, this is a bit of a dream team because it's um, written by the dream team of Howard and Day and McElhenney themselves, directed by Matt Shackman. So. You've got a real dream team in control of this episode. Yeah, Matt Chapman's directed a lot of episodes, hasn't he? I think it was season seven, I think he did all of them. Have you had a look at his IMDB page? I haven't, but I can pull it up, hang on. More Game of Thrones, another Game of Thrones man. Ah, okay. Fargo, Mad Men, Good Wife, Grace and Frankie, House, New Girl. Wow. And one of my particular favourites is a sitcom that not many people really enjoyed, but I loved it. It's called Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I never got too much into it. Yeah, I remember it was on either Sky One or Comedy Central over here. And I do remember watching it. It was sort of around the mid-noughties, perhaps. Yeah. Couldn't really place it. But yeah, I didn't mind that. You mentioned a New Girl there. If I can have a little sidebar on New Girl. My wife Sophie's watching New Girl all the way through at the moment, Amazon Prime. And I'm sure I said this the first time she watched it. I'll say it's the start. I don't dislike New Girl. I think it's okay. I, I can enjoy watching it. But I, I get really annoyed. I mean, maybe it's my sort of paranoia or my conspiracy theory about how much they're trying to be Always Sunny or how they've tried to take Always Sunny and tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit more wholesome. <laughs> so you know there's the, the guy who's pretty much Charlie there's the other guy that's pretty much Dennis I think those, that's the main two the main two bits but it, uh, I don't know maybe it's just because I'm, I'm looking at everything through the filter of Always Sunny in Philadelphia but it just screams at me that uh, what's the guy's name the guy who I think is like Charlie the main guy in, in New Girl yeah I know who you mean he's been in a couple of films recently his stock's quite high isn't it yeah Hollywood wise but I think you're right there's a kind of there's a what do you call it Venn diagram, isn't there? You've got friends on one side, it's always sunny in Philadelphia on the other, and in the middle you've got New Girl. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's Nick. Nick is the character, and it's played by Jake Johnson, and he reminds me so much of Charlie. He isn't Charlie, he's always, there are differences. But then, and then you've got, you've got Schmidt as well. And again, I'm not, say, I'm not saying all this through the filter of disliking the show. I really enjoy the show, but it just screams at me that Schmidt is Dennis, and Nick is Charlie, and I feel like it's been done consciously. If you did a different version of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they could play the characters. <laughs> They're kind of facially and bodily the same, similar as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah, they look similar, you know, like height-wise, like the way that they carry themselves, the way that they articulate themselves. It just, I don't know, as I say, I might just have an obsession. I'm just looking for links. And also the waitress pops up. So I, I was sort of peddling this theory to surf. And then in the next next scene the waitress pops up and the what's happening it's just always sunny <laughs> I didn't know that I think I watched probably the first two or three seasons of New Girl and you know anything that Zoe Deschanel's in is alright by me wonderful singing voice once married to Ben Gibbard of uh, Death Cab for Cutie of course interesting sidebar well done thanks <laughs> I tried to get off, che- off, get off my chest <laughs> Yeah. Everybody Hates Chris, which I was talking about, is was Chris Rock's version of his life as a kid. Yeah, it was like semi-biographical, wasn't it? And the best thing about it, of course, was you had Terry Crews, and I love Terry Crews. Yeah, I might have to read it. Can you watch that? Is that on any of the platforms at the moment, Everybody Hates Chris? I don't know. It's it's a good good question. I'd have to look it out. But an angry Terry Crews is, you know, a thing to fear. <laughs> yeah, I might try and revisit that. And he started as an actor, Matt Shackman. I found this quite interesting. So he was in the fi- the film version 
of the TV show Different Strokes. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever? You would have been too young to to actually have seen Different Strokes. I've, I know diff- the main way I know Different Strokes is through when Gary Coleman appeared in The Simpsons. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> It's, it's my access to pop culture is The Simpsons. The things that The the Simpsons have taught me, not just about pop culture. Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, The Simpsons, if I'm being honest, it's it would probably be up there in my specialist subjects in terms of knowledge, just because it's it's been, whilst Always Sunny is probably my favourite show, The Simpsons has got that longevity in my life. So it's been, it's literally, I think the first episode was the year I was born and it's obviously been around the whole time me growing up. And it's that entrenched, you know, in my memory and, you know, watching all the episodes on Disney Plus now and it's, you don't know that you know the next line or you don't know that you know the next scene or the next joke, but you do because it's subconsciously ingrained into you. I think we're doing a podcast on it that's just so big. I mean, you're talking 30 seasons and you know, and a movie, and yeah, it's hard enough keeping up with all the directors on Always Sunny on the Simpsons. So yeah, and it never lets you down. You know, I, I don't get these people who said, you know, oh, recent episodes haven't been that good, or uh, yeah, you know, it's it's it doesn't it it just doesn't slow down because the writing is so good. Yeah, as you say, the characters are so entrenched, and all of us with our groups of friends, with family, I'm sure I've got little quotes and little bits that we um, quote, or things will come up, and you'll send somebody a text because you've seen something that come from that show. Yeah, and you know, I agree with what you're saying about you know people's perceptions of the standards dropping. I mean, as I say, it's it's 30 plus seasons in. You know, it is going to be tough to come up with original ideas for episodes. And if you know, if they keep repeating the same, people will say, oh, it's not the same as it used to be. If they keep it the same as what it used to be you'd get an equal number of people complaining that they're not trying anything new so i feel they're in an impossible situation but i enjoy them i i'm sort of working my way through them i think we're around season 13 on, on disney plus at the moment but you know people try i think people pinpoint like season 14 as, as the standard slipping like there was some magical change in formula or something so i'll see if i notice it <laughs> Yeah, no chance. I'm on season five. Oh, brilliant. Great season. Oh, what a season. You know, you've got Cape Fear and Monorail, all that in season five. Fantastic. Yeah, classics. Absolute classics. Anyway, we're not here to talk about The Simpsons. We could. We could. I mean, it might be. It might turn into a dual podcast. Yeah, that would be an interesting um, concept. <laughs> uh, the Gang Turns Black is exactly what it sounds. This is, and I, I always kind of say Rob McElhenney, but it might have been the team got together and, and thought about this together. But I think what they're doing here, this is their nod. This is their way of saying we believe in Black Lives Matter because that's what this episode is is at, at the core, isn't it? Yeah, and they have a, there's a scene where they address that directly, isn't there? You know, Dennis sort of plays the everyman. So, well, all lives matter. And I think obviously throughout the episode, you know, some absolutely brilliant lines that, you know, they address it in the, the usual way that they do. I think just the, one of the, my favourite things about this episode is just the, the, the opening scene where they're all on the sofa with old black man slash old man yeah. in between Frank and Dennis. And you're not really invited to question it. You're just invited to make the link from... Uh, Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs and the bet that was lost and then here we are so uh, so what is the plot then Tom Coates 
<laughs> so as I say, we start this. The, they're on the sofa in the first scene. It's, it's video night and it's a DVD night, and it's old Blackman's um, night to choose a DVD. And then they, they drift. They drift off to sleep, and there's a, the lightning strikes, and then they wake up, and then they look in the mirror, and then you get the first of, of, of quite a few cameos in the episode. So that they've turned into their black alter egos, and I think so. Dennis, I've got the IMDb up here, so I can name you the, the character. Uh, let's name you the actors. It's Chad L. Coleman. Oh, the old black man's Will Will Garrett, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I was reading. He was in... I was reading his IMDb because I hadn't seen him before. He was in The Soloist and Criminal Minds. Oh, there you go. But interestingly, I look, when I looked on his IMDb, he has an oeuvre. He plays a lot of um, <laughs> homeless people. Oh, really? And in, <laughs> and in Community, he plays a character called Old Man. Oh, he's in Community. <laughs> Yeah, who knows how many episodes? He's pretty typecast, but hopefully he's he's doing well out of it. Oh, cool! Uh, was that the first? Was it the first episode he was in? Was Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and Frank introduces him, and then he's in this episode, and then we don't see him again, do we? He may be referenced, but I don't think we see him again. Yeah, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Happy to be corrected. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think obviously it, it very quickly becomes a musical episode, and the, the premise at least from Dennis's perspective, is that he doesn't like the fact that they're singing, but it's something that they can't resist. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I've written a note about that, actually. In the pilot episode, he's, you know, almost a homophobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as he gets some attention behind the bar, he uh, he really throws himself into it. And this is the same. He's like saying, oh, this is terrible, we've got to sing. But when he actually starts singing, he, <laughs> he does that face where he's really enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the only one that resists it. But I think, yeah, the, the, once they once they're over that sort of that first scene, I think they they all kind of embrace it, and you get the little duets, you get the soloists, and you get the sort of collective numbers as well. So yeah, it's it's really interestingly done. It's, it obviously becomes a musical, and then you get your first call outs in the first scene where they're going through. I mean, they talk about the Wiz and the Wizard of Oz, but then the first song that they sing is they're trying to find out which story or which TV show, which film. Is, is the most like and, and that yeah, to be honest I know we'll probably get to nitpicking later in the episode but it's just a personal thing there are a lot of references that I don't recognise I always understand what's happening they're trying to find which what the rules are what are the rules but the the, the films and TV shows I, I can't really relate to to be honest a lot of them <laughs> most of them I know but they do reference the fact that you know that, that some of them are quite unknown as well mm-hmm. yeah so basically there's a, a bolt of lightning the old black man's disappeared mm-hmm. and they look in the mirror and only when they're in the mirror they're black but only in the mirror mm-hmm. and also it's a musical <laughs> yeah it's, again it's the first that we mentioned this in the last episode when we first revealed it it's, it's a stranger because it's the first episode of a new season so I don't know what the the sort of formula is for, for planning which episodes to put in which slot of a season but I remember when I saw it the first time as much as I enjoyed it and I, I, I did, I'm I not one of these that needed to watch it a couple of times to, to, to like I enjoyed it the first time I watched it but I do remember thinking it was a strange choice for the first episode of a new season again we talked about didn't didn't we about and we'll probably talk a lot about it through the series about them pushing wanting to push the envelope especially after series eight nine yeah yeah and you you said it there about the simpsons you, know, you must want to kind of try things and things like that so they probably i would imagine you sit down and you have all your episodes and then you think right what go it'd be like like planning an album wouldn't it yeah you've got a good good way in that's going to hook people like 
Paul McCartney has a thing he says in his concerts, he does like a W. So he starts really high, as high as you can go with a really big banger. Then, you know, a couple more, and then he'll go down to something new. In the middle, you'll have something pretty well known, and then you finish with something great. Yeah. To me, that would be a great way to do a series. But maybe because of the uh, the amazing dance scene at the end of the last series... We know that he's he's got in his mind that, A, he doesn't care what people think. And we know from the whole point, the raison d'etre of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that he really didn't want them to have... This is a bit of a dichotomy, but he didn't want them to have comfortable lives because he said, he said in sitcoms that usually solves so many problems for the writers. So he didn't want that. But then you do, as we always say, you've got the Frank thing where you can always bail them out. Yeah, so I would imagine this is him sitting down and saying, do you know what, this is a maybe an uncomfortable entry into the series, so therefore I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, I like that logic. And I feel like you're that established with your fan base as well. And you've got, you know, you've got 10 episodes. You know, if the first one doesn't land, you know, for whatever reason, if it's a bit difficult to digest as a first episode, then you've got nine more. And, you know, elsewhere in that season, you've got the gang goes to, to a water park, so in the next one you know which is more of a classic always sunny episode anyway so yeah I'm all in favour of that and you know they've earned the right to do that yeah and if you haven't seen the episode don't, don't get us wrong there's, it's still a very joyful episode there's singing there's dancing there's still good jokes it's interesting and we'll get onto it when we talk about who won the episode we're kind of revealing it now but it's another one where they all come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that they're all on the same page, finding out about racism from a black point of view and also trying to fight it. They're trying to be better people. They're trying not to be racist, except for Frank. <laughs> the other guys as well, they, they, they sort of expose the same weaknesses in in their character as one another. So usually in the episode, there's one of them that shows a, a flaw in a certain context. But in this one, it's all of them and they're all, they all kind of go through the same journey. And you need that to, to have the thing about Frank not changing, being desperate to say the N-word because he can or he feels like he can. Yeah. And you, you need that because that balances out, doesn't it, with the rest of them really trying to fight it. Yeah, there's, there needs to be some sort of like faithfulness to that, that bigotry that, that Frank's got inbuilt in him. So it wouldn't really work if he was sort of going through this journey of self-discovery. It wouldn't suit the character at all. No, not at all. I think there's two other characters that deserve a, a shout-out. Obviously, you've got Z, who it's always great to see, who pops up every now and again. He's a regular returning character. Not on the same level as someone like Artemis, kind of drops in and out, or Cricket, but he, he does have regular appearances and it's always good to see him. Even though he only has like two, two lines here, but great to see him. Oh, yeah, he's, I agree with what you said. And I mentioned the Spider song that Charlie sang, and that's one of my favourite little, little moments where... It's at that point where they've got this the, the gig and they've got a packed bar and uh, Charlie sings his spider song on keyboard and you got Z just like sipping from a cup, just sort of nodding. It, it, he obviously loves the song. And it, I just I, I love his, his scene with uh, with the with Ben the Soldier with the jean shorts as well. <laughs> you know, he's obviously a really threatening personality, but as you say, they really turn that on its head by making everyone warm to him and him warm to everyone else in his own way. It'll be interesting to see if they do a bigger, like an episode that centers more around him. So you've got like, you know, in the later seasons, again, without getting too, onto too much of a tangent, in the later seasons you've got like, in this season, in fact, you've got a cricket's tale, which is obviously a, a scene entirely around cricket. It'll be interesting to see if they, did, if they could do an episode around Z. Yeah, it'd be great. And he's obviously a, a great actor as well. He's been in two fantastic things. Chad L. Coleman. Chad L. Coleman, yeah. Uh, he was a character called Cutty in The Wire. Did, were you a fan of The Wire? Yeah, yeah, I watched The Wire. I don't remember seeing him in it, but... I'm, I'm not doubting you. <laughs> he had a little role in, uh, I think it was around the about season four. 
okay. And then he's in The Walking Dead as well. Now, The Walking Dead for me is just is the greatest comic ever created. So the t- I have a love hate relationship with the TV show. I kind of watch watch it through the filter of the comic. Yeah, exactly. And they and to be fair, Robert Kirkman, who writes the comic and is the main voice in the TV show as well in that he kind of oversees things he doesn't write episodes but he's allowed them to diverge the two things which I think is quite smart right I just got quite bored of it but he plays a great character in The Walking Dead called Tyrese good call out for Chad L. Coleman he's been in a lot I'm just scrolling through his his IMDb he's been in a lot of stuff yeah he's got great CV Mm, cool what was your other character sorry and then the other character is the actual Scott Bakula himself. Scott Bakula, Scott Bakula. So you probably don't remember Quantum Leap, do you? I, I remember looking it up when I first saw the episode. I remember looking it up. I, I've, I've not seen it. Was it shown in the UK? Yeah, yeah, it was very popular. What 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 era are we talking? We're talking mid eighties. Ah, see, missed the bus on that one. So we we always used to say Bakula. Very early on, she says Bakula, doesn't you? So so that's probably how you say it in actual fact. Ah, okay. So it's shattered everything that you believed. But it was, a, it was a great show. And when he turned around as the cleaner in the hospital and it was the actual Scott Bakula himself, that was great. That was a great moment. I didn't know it was as, as big as that in the UK. I, I was, I, I found it and obviously I gathered from it being featured so heavily in this episode that it was a hit or at least a cult hit in America. But I've never you know, heard it referenced in, in, in a UK context. But it was really popular, was it, in the UK? Oh, yeah. I'm sure as this, um, as this po- podcast progresses, the fact that I am quite a bit older than you will keep coming up. <laughs> but but, but one, one of those things that will also keep coming up is the fact that during that time, we only had four TV channels. <laughs> it didn't take much to be a hit then, really. Yeah, exactly. So anything that was like an appointment to view and was a popular American TV series and had come over had a really good chance of doing well. <laughs> it was that thing that Dee's trying to describe. He could go. He went in some other Bells' body, and then he would do a leap back out of it at the end of the show. Right. Okay. And Z- that's who Ziggy is. And Ziggy is the guy that helps him. Yeah, Ziggy was a woman who. Uh, yeah. Ah, Ziggy's a woman. Ah, okay. Yes. I'm thinking. Like, I was just picture like David Bowie in Ziggy Stardust. Right? <laughs> Ziggy. <so. laughs> well, that's the greatest Ziggy of all time, obviously. Well, yeah, you've got some competition there by the sounds of it. So There's obviously, when they go to the, the nursing home yeah. with old guy, which he is by this time, his wife, their mother, <laughs> appears, and she's got a couple of lines, yeah. and then a couple of the cops have a couple of lines, but there's no one else really who deserves a call out, I don't think. No, none of the, the guys, that they, they don't have lines, as it were, when they do turn black, do they? It's just, you, you can see the mouthing. Obviously, when Charlie first discovers that he's transformed, you can see the, the actor who portrays Charlie mouthing the words, but they don't have any lines themselves, do they? No. But so, talking of lines, good segue. <laughs> These are the three lines I've picked out for you, but obviously, you, you're welcome to add your own. I usually do have one that I want to layer up, layer on top. It's not that I don't like the lines you pick out. I just, I don't know. But yeah, we'll see what you've got anyway. It's all right. It's valid. It's totally valid. <laughs> I've picked out. We had a black president before the orange one. <laughs> yeah. Max says right at the start. Um, and Frank says, we ran into Blackula. <laughs> yep. So, she's, which is great. Because she's she's already corrected him that on on that once. <laughs> you get that great thing where it happens to Frank a lot, where people correct him, and he just does that kind of like eye roll. It just doesn't really get digested, does it? 
Yeah, and he doesn't care. And then the other one is when she when she's talking about Quantum Leap, she calls it a TV show from the Coke fueled eighties. So they're the <laughs> they're the three lines that I picked out. I think my favourite out of those three is probably the the, uh, the black president before the orange one. But do you know what? I, I've picked out three completely distinct lines. Not that I did, don't enjoy those lines, and those are great lines, but the three that I picked out were we shouldn't make wild assumptions about black people based on what we find in our wallets. <laughs> that was brilliant. And then, well, I guess the the one other one that I really liked was more of an exclamation where um, Dennis and Mac are, are in the police station and the police policeman enters and says, I can see you and the deacon are, are praying, Reverend. And then they both shout, oh, we're church blacks! <laughs> and high five. I just think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but those, I mean, yeah, the, the ones that you mentioned, I think, yeah, I, I, I like, out of those three, I'd probably say the, the, the black president, orange president. Uh, but that scene, I mean, if we skip, if we're going to talk about scenes, I think that, that whole part where they are being questioned by the police, both Charlie with the song that he sings, and you know, he's playing with the, the train as well. I think the, the song that he sings where he rhymes, like to get tanked, sleep with a guy called Frank. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly, I haven't got scenes because what I've done is I've I've got the best songs. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, that's one of them, definitely. The best songs I've got are, out of all the ones they've got are the first one, obviously, because it's the setup. Yeah, yeah. And you really enjoy it because you suddenly realise this is what they're going to do. But also because they're good at doing it, they do yeah. you know a decent job of making them you know they're, they're totally committed to it yeah and by the way i think you look at them and particularly d particularly caitlin olsen's face she really enjoying this she's laughing half the time in that in that very first song yeah yeah so there's the first one and then there's charlie's train song which you just referenced which is superb and then the 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 third one is the song and dance in the alley which has the added bonus of the dance itself yeah which you get to see from the front and the back yeah yeah I like one of the best things about that dance is at the end where Frank's just sort of spinning in circles behind them as the song ends. So they've got this sort of choreographed, and again, it sort of speaks to what you were talking about before that, you know, that the, the other characters are going on this journey and they're sort of in sync and choreographed with one another. That's like reflected in the dance, whereas Frank's not really choreographed with the dance either. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> I also like the song at the end, like, you know, where Charlie gets shot, where it produces the train that's mistaken for a gun and that they're, they're clicking their heels together. I, I really like the rhythm and the pace to that song. I'm not, I'm not going to position myself as a musical aficionado, but I really, Charlie, that, that wouldn't look out of place or sound out of place in a, in a musical. None of them would, I guess, but that one in particular is like a finale, if you like. Obviously, you've got this sort of scene afterwards where old black man wakes up, but just as a sort of grand finish, I just think it's brilliant. That's like it's obviously throughout you have, and the song you mentioned there, where then the alley, that's where they're sort of all harmonizing together. And then you have the song, I mean, it's towards the latter stages of the episode where they all come together. They've got the song where there's uh, the video repair star as well, <laughs> where there's the, the, the pleading with the, the store owner to fix their VCR, to use a lot of Americanisms in that sentence. The, the, those those songs at the end are just, I mean I'd still to pick a, a bad one but yeah I think the ones you've picked out are great but the, the ones at the end as well I think are brilliant interesting what you were saying about uh, the scene where they're dancing and Frank's at the back I totally noticed that as well you only see him tiny on the screen but you do notice significantly that he's not dancing you just wonder whether it was Danny DeVito couldn't keep up because you know obviously his age <laughs> yeah yeah but it does actually as you say it suits his character anyway because he's he's not in sync with the others that's a really good point yeah it totally works I, I think I'd go for 
Charlie's Train song just because I loved it so much. I think it was so Charlie. So Charlie. It works, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's, 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 it's very cleverly done because it obviously sets up for that final song as well where it, where it pulls out the train and they mistake it for a gun and he gets shot. <laughs> and it's... It's strange because obviously they give, uh, well not strange, but interesting because obviously they give Charlie the, the child character, so the, the rest of the characters that they become, the rest of the people that they become are adults, but Charlie becomes a child, a black child. That sort of suits his personality anyway, he doesn't have to change who he is, he, he acts like a child in, in the police station, and he, I guess you sort of question it, is he mimicking the child that he's become, or is he just being Charlie? Indeed, how meta is that? <laughs> 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 and uh, is it interesting just made me think of something that is never really referenced but I'm sure they chucked it in there and then there's so much in this episode that they didn't have time to get to it but they make Dennis a fat man and all he says is oh that's interesting I'm sure when they were writing it they they wanted to make Dennis furious about that at some stage but it never really happened yeah it's a strange sort of mix because like they give um, so like Frank suddenly becomes a tall sort of well built guy as well doesn't he so it's almost yeah it's strange that, and I'm sure you're right I'm sure they did probably want to visit that in more detail but the guy who plays I was, I was reading about the guy that plays the guy that Dennis turns into and I don't think he's referenced as even having a, a character name on the episode but it's part it's part of a double act so there's, there's they're like they're, they're starring like comedy films I'm just trying to find him now I think in the credits they're called Black Charlie Black Frank Black D oh really yeah yeah they are. They do get named. He's called Jamal Mixon. Is is the actor, and he's he was in the Nutty Professor, and he was in the Nutty Professor to the Clumps, <laughs> and he was also in Paul Blart Mall Cop. But he's 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 got he's got a sort of sidekick, and I can't remember. I think I think they might be brothers, and they both look very similar. And I think they're sort of this like double actor in films. <laughs> Quite interesting. They're your go-to black twins for comedy films. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess they are now. Now I discovered that he is indeed a twin. Are they like a grown-up Keenan and Kel? I'd have to watch one of the films. Maybe I'll watch one of. The films I'll report back to you. See if I can track one down. I've got I've got Quantum Leap. I've got <laughs> Everybody Hates Chris. And now I've got the, the, the films of Jamal Mixon. <laughs> so as homework after this podcast, you've got a lot of homework, and you've got the next episode to watch as well. Of course, I've got a, another note. I don't have any nits to pick with this episode. You just your only nit was that you were a bit lost with some of the references yeah but that's on me obviously <laughs> I mean it's partly not my fault because I'm I was born in 1987 but yeah I guess I haven't watched enough <laughs> time travel films <laughs> or I've watched the or whatever you want to call them body switching films uh, you know it did detract from me enjoying the episode I think the Scott Bakula Scott Bakula bit was a bit lost on me yeah you know I think had I watched Quantum Leap and had I understood what Quantum Leap was I'd have probably enjoyed this song I obviously got the idea that he's a washed up actor that's longing for the 80s and he's become a cleaner and obviously I understand how it fits in the context of the episode but me and Sophie were watching it and Sophie actually remarked oh I don't really like this scene because I don't really know who he is and it's like a very, it's a very selfish way of analysing episodes but I guess it's the only way to analyse episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that thing somebody said about people watching films these days. They want a pizza. They want this delicious thing with all the things on it that they've chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't get it, then they're furious, which is kind of what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, as I say, I qualify that with saying it didn't detract from the enjoyment of the episode. And, and I said at the staff, they've earned the right. You know, if they want to pay homage to some of their favourite shows as kids or whatever they want to do, they've earned the right to do that. It's a really entertaining episode. There's a lot of effort got into it. There's a lot of, as you say, they really buy into what they're doing with the, the 
choreography and the singing and even the lyrics of the songs you know there's a lot of you know work gone into creates and to give something different to produce something that surprises people you know it's brilliant we talked about the office last week it's like ricky gervais suddenly popping up in an episode and turning around and they talk about ricky gervais and turn around and it's actually ricky gervais it's that for them it's that's the kind of yeah yeah you know reference we're talking about yeah i know what you mean so you don't have any other nits to pick in this episode no i don't think so no i i, I really enjoyed it and yeah other than the references which again partly is on me you know i think it's a brilliant episode and i, I don't want us to fall into the habit of proclaiming every episode we talk about as being a brilliant episode but I do feel like this was a good episode and it's, it was a bit jarring is probably the wrong word it was surprising and it, as I say to go back to what I said before it wasn't something I perhaps expected as the first episode of a new season but you know it was entertaining it was imaginative and it was surprising and that's why I enjoyed it the reason I particularly enjoyed it was I hadn't watched it since that series and I can't think why because I really really enjoyed it and they really looked like they enjoyed making this episode mm. there's, there's an episode in the latest series which I didn't like at all and I thought they didn't look like they were engaged with it at all it's the one in the zoo so it'd be interesting if, if that ever comes up ah uh, yeah uh, tell you what, I'll tell you one thing about that episode it's very difficult to watch on a small screen so I've got a setup where I watch episodes on, on my tablet you know sometimes when I'm in bed like when I'm in the office as well I'll set up the tablet and obviously so much of it is text on screen and it's, it's a very difficult episode to watch casually because a lot of the humour in it is, is written down so you have to really pay attention but I don't dislike the episode well, maybe we will get a chance to revisit that. You have a setup. <laughs> you enjoy it's always sunny in Philadelphia so much that you have a setup for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a setup in the sense that I've got two stands for my tablet <laughs> that, that mean I don't have to prop it against a cushion or a wall. So yeah. Yeah, I'll call it a setup. I'm happy with my setup. Made it sound like you're a gamer. You know, you had like a big chair and like. <laughs> <laughs> one of those great big massive drinks on one side and a, like a microwave on the other and you never had to move kind of thing I can barely get the microphone to work on the laptop so <laughs> I think it'd be a bit ambitious for me having a big gamer set <laughs> world's youngest technophobe 32 years old <laughs> congratulations <laughs> so you got a, an old man and an old man in waiting on this podcast with the lockdown at the moment, you know, it's teaching my dad how to use, um, to do video conferencing. And, you know, I'm on my high horse about how, how little he knows, but then I'm struggling to get a USB microphone to work. So, you know, perhaps it's in, it's not too, in my not too distant future. <laughs> so before we talk about who won, I just, do you have any other notes? My only other note I had, which I guess you could slot into the best lines, but I think it was just, an, a, in a way, a nice reset button where um, old man wakes up old black man wakes up and he's obviously explaining the dream that he's had and said oh you were all singing didn't you learn your lesson and then Dennis goes oh we didn't give a shit we don't give a shit <laughs> we'll see you tonight and then it's like <laughs> you know it's this like moral journey about you know the seemingly that they're all experiencing and then you're sort of waiting again like we mentioned in Flowers with Charlie you're waiting to see how the episodes reset and the way that they do it this time is that it's all a dream but it was all black man's dream it wasn't any of their dreams it wasn't that they got sucked into the mirror or it wasn't that the lightning struck it was all black man's dream so you're, we're, we're actually watching a dream of, a, of a, a character that only appears in two episodes which is quite strange to think about but yeah that line you know we don't give a shit and it's just sort of back to normal and you've had this sort of suspension of disbelief throughout the episode and you feel a bit silly having had it when the, the way that they have the big musical number as we've talked about that finishes but then the real ending is that we don't give a shit old black man waking up but then there's obviously the scene where he looks in the mirror and there's Scott Bakula in the mirror for him yeah 
That was great. That's a really nice. I mean, you know, again, my sort of ignorance of the references, I can I can understand how that fits with the rest of the episode, and that's really nicely done. Yeah, that was a really nice payoff. But you're right, and that's an interesting kind of call out for the rest of the series and the way it's always sunny in Philadelphia is constructed. If there's any redemption and there's anything to learn, it's while the episode happens. By the time you get to the end of an episode, there's no redemption. <laughs> yeah. Do not expect people to have changed, to have got better, to become nicer, to have learned anything. <laughs> they might do in a moment when they're trying to be nice because yeah. of whatever's driving that at the time. Whatever circumstances they're in, yeah. Yeah, but don't expect the redemption at the end of an episode. No. And I'm glad it's that kind of show. I'd hate this sort of lesson learning and imp- improving as people. And again, it's something I'll always go back to on this podcast is that it being the antithesis of friends is just something that I really love about it. And, and if it was that sort of show where they learned something or they improved as people, then it'd be so, it'd, it'd just fly against everything that the series stands for, in my opinion. Who won the episode? Well, given that none of them actually really did anything, if, if, we're, if we're being <laughs> sort of literal about it, it was a dream. But I guess if we, if we take the dream as the episode um, certainly not Charlie because he got shot <laughs> yeah. and the other sort of four kind of have a similar experience and a, and a similar ending that they're, they're both sort of, they're all, all, all four of them well I suppose all five of them including Charlie clapping the heels together trying to go home so and I guess they're succeeding going home so I guess all black man you could potentially say is the winner of the episode but I don't know what, what do you think? I was thinking maybe there isn't a winner but there is a loser and that's Scott Bakula <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode seems to be at his expense. <laughs> but also, you don't know where old black man's going, so it might be that they chucked him out on the street for the day. So, you know, maybe he didn't... Because they didn't learn anything from his dream and they've kicked him out onto the street again, maybe he's the loser. So we have five winners and two losers then, effectively. And when they look in the mirror, neither Scott Bakula or old black man are happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's the way we're looking at it. If we can't pick winners, then we'll pick losers. That's fair enough. Right, I am going to pull up the random number generator. Cool, I think I, I messed this up last time, so you just have to explain what you need me to do very slowly and in simple terms. Right. So I've got all the episodes in front of me now and all the seasons, so... So we've got the... There's 14 seasons, correct? Well, yes, of course there's 14 seasons. I knew that. <laughs> I've got, like, a minimum and a maximum. What Minimum one, maximum 14. Yes. And then I've got a generate button. You tell me how many times to press it, and then we'll take that number. Right. Okay. So what are my options? One, two, or three? Did it, was it last time? One, two, or three. Otherwise, we could be here all night. <laughs> okay. It's already a long episode. Let's say three. Season 13. Season 13. Okay. So that is the season after the one we've just been talking about. Yeah. And how many episodes are in the season for my max button? There are 10 episodes in season 13. Okay. And how many times am I generating? Uh, two. Two. We have season 13, episode nine. The gang wins the big game. Ah, right. Okay. So that's the second part of a two-parter. Ah, right. Okay. Loosely speaking, loosely speaking, I think you could watch them in isolation, but it's, you have Charlie's home alone. Yes. So they go, they, that season, season 13, episode eight, they go to the game, they go to the Super Bowl and Charlie gets left behind. It's when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, isn't it? It is. That's the one. But strangely, they do have different writers. So season 13, episode eight is Adam Weinstock and Andy Jones. And then episode nine is Connor Galvin. So, so do we watch both of them and talk about both of them? Yeah. Do we just watch one of them in isolation, the one we've picked, or do we go again? You decide. 
I think we watched both of them. I think we're going, we're going we're going to have to do them. So, and I think if we just if we try to do it and just do episode nine, we just find a self reference in episode eight anyway. Okay. So we we do a sort of double double header. You're on and a two parter. So we're pulling a bit of overtime and watch two episodes instead of one. <laughs> so episode eight and episode nine of season thirteen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Just one other thing to call out that I noticed. Edgar Wright. He. Yeah. Named his favourite It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode today. And he named it as Chuck. And he picked Charlie Work. Oh, really? Ah, that's the single... Is that the single camera episode? The tracking... Yeah, the really long tracking shot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is a good episode. That's If, if ever I'm trying to consider what my top five or top ten are, I find it very difficult. And whenever anybody re- names an episode like that, I always find myself trying to shuffle it into my top five or my top ten. I couldn't tell you if it fit into my top five or my top ten, if I'm being honest. But it was a very good one. There's that one and being frank, where it's obviously all from his perspective. I know it's obviously a different camera style but so different ways of filming and yeah Charlie was a really good one so yeah good good choice Edgar so just to finish do you know what the song is at the end of the episode of the one we've just talked about yeah uh, I don't it is this oh no you can't hear it because I'm on my phone <laughs> I will play a, a snippet of it out a fair use snippet at the end of the show but it, we got to have peace by Curtis Mayfield Ah, Curtis. Very appropriate song and artist for this episode. But um, well done, Random Number number Generator. That was a fantastic episode to talk about. Yeah. We'll see you next time on Jabronis Only. It's a good night from me. It's a good night from me. We gotta have peace To keep the world alive And want to cease 